Rosewood Church family here in the sanctuary and radio listeners, it is my privilege to introduce to you today for the first time officially as Reverend Dr. Lisa Autar. Amen. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Nick. And I want to say thank you to each one of you. This has been a long journey, and it has uh, been uh, announced, and, and I'm tired of hearing about it, so I'm sure you are, and it's over. So uh, it, it's done, and, and I'm so thankful for all of the love, the prayer, support, encouragement over the years, and especially last night. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, many of you who came out to the graduation for Pastor Arnie and myself, and I truly do appreciate everything. So thank you very much. One Sunday, a pastor told his congregation that the church needed some extra money. He said he was trying to come up with a creative way for people to give. So he said, whoever gives the largest amount will be able to pick three hymns. So uh, people were giving. And all of a sudden, he noticed that someone, an elderly lady at the back, had placed a $1,000 bill in the offering plate. The pastor rejoiced, and he called her up to the front. He said, ma'am, I'm so grateful that you have decided to give this large amount. Now feel free to pick the three hymns that you would like. So the lady made her way to the front, and she stood there, and she said, I'll take him, him, and him. <laughs> Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you are here with us. We thank you for the ability to look at and study your word, and we pray that this morning you would be with us, that you would speak, and that you would have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The passage of scripture that we'll be looking at this morning is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and the title of my message is Face Your Giants. And that gives away what the passage is about. The story is about David and Goliath. And many of you may be familiar with that story and with that passage of scripture. We know that Goliath belonged to the Philistine army, and David, a young boy, um, was uh, from the Israelite side. Saul, who was the commander of the Israelite army, and the Israelites were fighting a war, a battle against the Philistines, or at least they should have been. They were on a hill separated and they were scared of Goliath. Now, the passage of scripture is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and for your benefit, because we'll be uh, looking at, uh, we won't be looking at it in order, I've put the passages on the screen for you to follow along. So you can feel free to do that or use your own scripture. Starting from verse three, it says, the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. Verse eight, 
Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will be your subjects. But if I overcome and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Verse 11, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. 16, for 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. And then in verse 24 it tells us, whenever the Israelites saw the man, that is Goliath, they all fled from him in great fear. So we see that the Israelites and the Philistines were waging war against each other. However, the problem was that all of the Israelites were afraid of the Philistine army. And not just the Philistine army, but they were afraid of Goliath in particular. He was the giant that stood in their way. And oftentimes, the giants in our lives... There are giants in our lives, and those giants cause us to fear and feel defeated. There are many times where we experience giants in our life, things that overwhelm us, things that we feel overcome us, and it can often cause us to feel defeated. Goliath was a man to be feared. He never lost a battle. He intimidated everyone that he fought, and he certainly intimidated the Israelites. Now, according to the conversion in feet, Goliath was approximately, okay, listen to this, nine feet, six inches tall. He was a big man. And not only was he tall, but he was strong. His bronze armor alone weighed 125 pounds that he carried, and he carried a giant spear as well. There was a reason that Goliath was called the champion of the Philistines. He was big, and he was strong, and many people feared him. You see, in our lives, there are many giants that come our way, many things that can scare us, that can cause us to fear. And what are some of those giants that can come in our way? It could be a disability that can overwhelm us. It could be a health challenge that we face. It could be a financial crisis or substantial debt that we have accumulated. It could be a family issue, a job situation, a boss or a coworker, an issue from your past. It could be an illegal issue that you're dealing with. It could be school. It could be lust or alcohol, drugs or money, anxiety, depression, stress. There is so many things that come in our way that cause us to say that we feel overwhelmed. Giants are the things that cause us to lose sleep. They're the first thing that we think about when we wake up in the morning. They're the things that dominate our life and steal our joy, and we all have them. But the good news is that that's not the end of the story. Goliath was the giant to the Israelites. He was their giant. They felt overwhelmed and defeated. For 40 days, 
This went on. For 40 days, they cowered in fear because they were scared of him. No one wanted to fight him. No one wanted to go up against him because they already had reasoned in their mind that they weren't strong enough. They had already reasoned that they would never win. They had already reasoned that if they even approached him that they, he would crush them. They already thought that it was a lost battle that he would win. This is what the Israelites felt like. And sometimes in our life, we may feel that way when we face these different giants that come our way. But here's what verse 12 says. Now David was the son of an Ephrite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Verse 17, now Jesse said to his son David, take an ephah of roasted grain, these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers, and hurry to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses from the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel, Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David said to Saul in verse 32, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Do you see what's happening here? Out of everyone that could have gone up against Goliath, David was the one who was willing. Be willing even when no one else is. Be willing to do what needs to get done, even when no one else did, even when no one else is. You see, the Israelite army consisted of older men, stronger men, men who were trained specifically for battle, men who had gone out time and time again in war and knew uh, they had experience and they knew how to fight. They knew what to do. They had the armor. They had it all. The only problem was none of those men were willing to go. They were scared, they were cowards, they were afraid. And the very people who should have gone, Saul and his army, didn't. Here we see this young boy, David. He comes, he sees this giant, he sees that he needs to do something, and he does it. You know, there are many times in our life where we may feel like what is happening is someone else's problem. What's happening is their responsibility. Someone else will volunteer. Someone else will take care of it. Someone else will do it. The truth is that if we all have that mentality, 
nothing will get done. If we all expect someone else to carry the load, then it won't be carried. And sometimes we need to just be willing to do what needs to get done. Be willing even when no one else is. Even when no one else expects you to go and do it. And what are those things? Well, be willing to volunteer in a specific ministry in the church that needs you. Sometimes we see a need and we, we, we may say and state that need, but be willing to do something about it. Be willing to volunteer. Be willing to be the one to call or contact someone in church that you haven't seen in a few weeks. Don't just think about the fact that you haven't seen them, but go and, and, and take initiative and contact them and see how they're doing. Be the one to forgive someone, even when you know that you're not the one at fault. Take the initiative and be the one willing to do it. Also, be willing to give generously to help support the financial needs of the church, the financial obligations. There are many different obligations financially that we go through as a church. Don't expect someone else to give, but you be willing to do that. Be willing to give a ride to someone who doesn't have a car. You hear about a need, and instead of expecting someone else will do it, be willing to do that. David was willing. He was willing to do what no one else would do. You see, God used David in a mighty way. Not because David was the most qualified, not because David was the strongest, not because he was the smartest, but because he had a willing heart. And if we want God to use us, we say, God, use me. But are we willing to be used? You see, he presents opportunities in our path many, many times. And it's our responsibility to seize those opportunities and to be willing, even when no one else is. Amen? Amen. Verse 33, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. You see, David was willing, and even though he was willing, Saul and the rest of the army didn't believe in David. They thought, there's just this young boy. How is he even able to do this? This must be a joke. But David strongly believed that he was able to. He had faith. He had faith that he was able, and I want to tell you today, to have faith that the Lord is able to do anything. With the Lord anything is possible. Have faith. David believed that the impossible could be possible 
even when no one else would. Although he was just a young boy, he believed that God was with him and that God would help him to defeat this giant that was in his way. And there are many things that people will look at humanly and say, it is impossible for that to get done. It's impossible. You look at this story and you say, it's impossible that a young boy who is unarmed, untrained, is able to defeat this warrior. And from a human perspective, it is. But there are also so many things that we look at in the Bible and we say it's humanly impossible. But God does not play by the same rules that we are bound to. He is an amazing God. He is an awesome God. You see, by human standards, it's not possible for a divine being to speak creation into being and for it to happen. By human standards, it's not possible for people to march around the walls of Jericho and for it to come crashing down because of them walking and, and loud trumpet blasts. You see, from a human standpoint, it is not possible for the Red Sea to be parted in half for people to walk through on dry ground. From a human standard, it is not possible for a human man to walk on water. From a human standpoint, it's not possible for over 5,000 people to be fed by two two fish and five loaves. From a human standard, it's not possible for a man who was dead for four days to be raised from the grave. From a human standard, it is not possible, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. You see, he has the last say. You see, when God is for us, who can be against us? And Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 reminds us, Jesus said, with man, it is impossible. All of those things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that? You see, we serve a big God, and sometimes we're so narrow-minded that we don't see that the things that are impossible for us are not impossible with him. The things that we think will never happen, in his mind, he's saying, just have faith. I am able, and I, just be willing. He wants us to have faith. This morning, I encourage you to know that anything is possible with Jesus Christ. Anything is possible with the Lord. David truly believed that it was possible. In verse 38, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag with his sling in his hand, and approached the Philistine. Can you imagine how the others would have felt? First of all, Saul was thinking, this boy must be crazy, that he is going to go and fight this giant. But if he wants to go, let him go. I warned him. Not only was he going up against Goliath, but he was going unarmed. 
He was going without any sort of armor or protection. But David knew that the only protection that he needed was from the Lord. The only protection that we need is to put on the full armor of God. And what is that armor of God? Well, Ephesians chapter 6, starting from verse 13, tells us. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breast breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. All that we need to fight our giant is the full armor of God. We don't need anything else, just the armor of God. Every day we get dressed. Every day we choose our clothing. Every day we get ready and remember to put on the full armor of God. Never leave home without it. Never take it off, but continue to clothe yourself in that armor. And David knew that it was that armor that was protecting him. Verse 41 Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals." David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. David knew that there was victory in the Lord. Even before he approached Goliath to fight him, he already claimed victory. You see, when our giants are in our way, when they seem overwhelming, when those things seem to overwhelm us, claim victory in the name of Jesus over your giants. Claim victory over your life. Claim victory even before it happens. That's what David did. He spoke to his giants. He spoke victory and not defeat. And sometimes I think that we are our own worst critics, that many of us speak negativity into our life unwillingly, and we need to stop doing that. Stop telling yourself that you're not smart enough. Stop, stop telling yourself that you're not good enough. Stop telling yourself that you will not amount to anything. Stop telling yourself all of these negative things. You know why? Because God says that you can do it with his help. Amen. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Amen. You are able to. 
Toby Mack, who is a contemporary Christian musician, once said, he said, sometimes you have to tell the negative committee that meets inside your head to just sit down and be quiet. <laughs> and it's so true. Sometimes you need to take those thoughts captive and get rid of them. David spoke to his giant, and he spoke victory. We have victory in the name of Jesus, and we know that with God's power, we are able, we are able to do it. Verse 48, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran over, stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's own sword and drew it from his sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Can you believe that this happened? And the, what, the amazing thing is that in the beginning of that scripture, it says that Goliath moved closer. The giant was coming closer and closer. And our human response to when things seem so overwhelming is to run the opposite way. But instead of running, it says that David ran towards his giant. He ran towards him because he did not fear him. He ran towards him because he knew that God was with him. He ran towards that giant because he knew that the victory had already been won. He ran knowing that God was on his side. And David was not focused on his strength or his ability, but he was focused on God's strength and on God's ability. You see, point number six is that the giant in front of you is never bigger than the God that is with you. Whatever it is that stands in front of you, that you fear, that you, you lose sleep over, that you wonder if will ever come and pass, remember that the God that is with you is always bigger, and he is greater, and he will help you. Whatever giants you're facing in your life, remember to focus on God and not those things. They may seem overwhelming. They may seem unbearable. You may wonder if you will ever get through this, but know that God is with you. And because of that promise, you are able to face those giants in your life with confidence. We must face them, but the wonderful thing is we don't have to face them alone. You see, Goliath was big and he was strong, but David didn't need to know Goliath's strength because he already knew God's strength. He didn't need to know how strong Goliath was. He didn't care how strong Goliath was because at the end of the day, David knew that his God was greater, that his God was stronger, that his God was able to see him through. How about you? Have you experienced the strength and the power and the confidence knowing that God is on your side, that he is with you? Remember that nothing is impossible with him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the wonderful story and the example 
from David and Goliath. We thank you for the faith and the confidence that David had, not in himself and in his ability, but in you. We thank you for the willing heart, and we pray, oh God, that you would help us to be like David, that you would help us to trust you even when those enemies and those giants seem overwhelming. We pray that you would give us confidence knowing that you are with us. We pray that you would help us to claim victory even before it happens and to trust that you are with us, oh God. And so, Lord, we thank you for the power and for the confidence that you give. And so, Lord, we pray for your blessing upon each one here. Whatever it is that they may be facing right now, may you continue to be with them and remind them that you are with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.